Be advised that the content of this podcast is for mature audiences due to subject matter. You are listening to Romantic Truth with Josen, your host in Las Vegas. All right. Hope everybody's doing well. Michelle from Winnipeg, Ontario writes the following. I have a question for you. I went to Minnesota recently, and I met a very nice guy. However, I don't want to give up my life in Canada. I made that clear to him. He said that what he's willing to do is to move to the Canadian border, so at least he could see me every day. I told him that wouldn't be necessary. We don't know each other like that. We're just starting out to get to know each other. He's telling me he's going to move next month. I'm not too comfortable with this, and I'm trying to slow him down. Is this a red flag for me? I'm 25, and I'm not ready for a relationship right now, but just a friendship, and then if things develop, so be it. Love your input. Please share. And she has a smiley face here. Michelle. Winnipeg, Ontario. Michelle. He's already too pushy and too anxious. I wouldn't do it. You've probably been the first woman that said yes to him in a very long time. And what he's going to more than likely do is blow it with you. I wouldn't go there if I were you. I just see problems. One of them being... He's going to move to the border, and then he's going to put pressure on you to be with him. you got to ask yourself, does he have a job at the border? Where is he going to work? How will he be able to support himself? Here are some things you need to look out for. One, he moves up there, maybe has enough money to carry him in the beginning. Maybe realize that cost of living there may be different strange environment, unless he knows someone there. And what he's going to try to do is put pressure on you to come stay with him. You don't know him that well. And you already said, you're not giving up what you have in Canada. I couldn't blame you. Interesting how he didn't propose coming to Canada. I don't think it'd be a good deal for you. I think that what's happening here, as you stated, is too young, too early in the relationship. You're too young because you're undecided. You're really un- emotionally unavailable for him. What you're looking for more of a friendship, like you said, evolving into a relationship. He's looking for a relationship off top. He probably needs a place to stay, but indirectly doesn't know how to tell you because things may not be going so well where he is. You see, one thing you have to also understand about dating, especially dating apps, some people come on these apps with their own personal problems and they want someone else to fix them. And this is what you may need to be mindful of. A dating app is not therapy. And people on the dating app are not therapists. And I think that that's where 
you may run into difficulty with them. Now, speculative assumption, I could be very wrong. But what if I'm marginally or halfway right? You've already got reservations. Don't do something that you're already having doubt about. Yes, you may miss out on a good opportunity with a great guy, but until you get to know him better, not even close. Move on. Or else take it slow with him and see if things can work out. But being that he's so zealous, I wouldn't take a chance on it. All right. Let's see who else we have here. Diane from Castaic, California, writes the following. You know, I used to listen to you a lot. There were a couple of things that you pissed me off about, mainly about the condescending white women. I have to admit, in all honesty, I have really tried not to be one of those women. I have to catch myself every once in a while. I went out on a date recently with an African-American man, and I started to regurgitate all of the black history I knew. And I caught myself in midstream, but by the time I had offended him, and he actually walked out on the date. Is there any other way that I can come across to people of other races without offending them? Because it seems like I'm doing a horrible job at it. This is my second guy that I've gone out with who's walked out on a date because I said the wrong thing. I should know better at 43, but I never really dated anyone outside of my race before, so I don't have any idea. I guess I'm asking for a little help here. Diane, Castaic Lake, California. Whew, Diane, you live in a small community in Southern Cal. I know exactly what Castaic is. I used to call it the Spooky Lake, scary place. I think that's where that woman um, committed suicide. I guess she was an actress or something, and her daughter was left in the boat, but she was found underneath the uh, lake. I think it had something to do with a custody issue or something. Anyway, here's the problem for you. You're thinking too robotically when you're thinking about your overthinking is what you're doing. And it comes down to trying to relate to someone. If you're a Caucasian female and you're talking to an African-American man, Latin man, Asian man, whatever the race may be, don't try to identify with them based on their race and culture. You could talk about generic things that we all have access to. The problem is you're trying to identify. And this is for anyone that's going with anyone that's interracial. You don't have to do all of that. You don't have to dress up all of that. You know, it's like, for instance, I had a friend of mine when I was in the Philippines. He wanted his girlfriend to dress up like a traditional Filipino woman. 
and he wanted her to dress that way regularly. Well, that was impractical because her job required her to wear a business suit every day. And he was trying to put her into a stereotype. And she had to wind up telling him this. And of course, his feelings were hurt. She said, well, now, I will do this when we're together at home, but I'm not going to be walking around like that every day. That's not happening. And sometimes what happens, we try to identify so much that we may have a fixed image or fantasy in our head, but the reality has advanced. So just be yourself. You don't have to bring up the racial issue. The racial difference is obvious. Because, see, we hear this all the time from people who are racist, who would tell us about all this stuff. They're usually separatists, not racists, that do this. And the thing is, it becomes mundane, it becomes routine. I'll put it to you this way. Diane, if I went and met you, and the only thing I talked about was the good old West or the Civil War, mainly talking about the southern side of it, or just going and just swamping you with European history, you would probably fall asleep because it's something that you probably already know and don't want to have to deal with it. You want to talk about something else. And this is the way it happens with us. We don't want to hear that shit. We know. And you know, it's really funny. These people go on TikTok and they act like they are Christopher Columbus or somebody and they discovered the new world. By all these things they're talking about, things that we've known for years. And it's funny, half of them don't get it right because they're reading from a source that didn't get it right. And it cracks me up. One of the luxuries I had growing up was the fact that my father was born in 1897. I could ask him about things and he could tell me what he was doing during that time. And that was kind of the beauty of our relationship. He could educate me on things and then I would have a better understanding of him because he lived through that period. It would be the equivalent of someone who's born now asking you about the way things are now. But when they get 20, they're asking you these same questions of today. And then they'll look at you as to say, you're old. But they will still stick by your experience because you lived in that era. You know, one thing that we have to come to grips with and that is most often when we are trying to relate to someone, we overdo it in order to appease, in order to not offend. And sometimes you actually offend when you do that. So you have to watch that. Now, 
another thing, guys, that a lot of women don't tell you. I understand we want to be masculine, heterosexual males. Don't go in bashing the LGBTQPAI community. I think I got it right this time. All those letters. Because the reason being is that a lot of women, believe it or not, have closer liaisons to that community than men do. Just keep that in mind because, see, they might find that offensive. And, of course, they can discriminate against you just based on that. Now, here's the thing I will tell you also. If you are adamant and you don't want to have anything to do with that community, it would behoove you to date someone who has the same views you do. Just for the sake of argument. Now, I think that overall, everybody should enjoy this piece of pie called Earth. Because we only have a short time to be here. And we got to make it work as long as we can. Because when we go, it's it, lights out, we're done. There is no second, there is no encore. So the best thing to do is to put your best foot forward for the best opportunity, the best chance you have. Now, you have to look at the compromises you have to make in order to be with someone. Do you have to repress your views? Do you have to repress your sexual desires? Your concerns? Are you trying to fit into this box of a person just so that you can uh, be accepted? If you are, you're going the wrong way with it. Because this what's going to happen to you is eventually your true self is going to come out. It's not going to sit on the sidelines and just let you go and be neglected like that. It's going to go and say, hey, you know what? It's about time for you to be yourself. And you have some people that try to fake it until they make it. A lot of you ladies wonder why a lot of these alpha males show you their true colors after they've slept with you. And the reason for that is because they can comport themselves to fit any situation, but only a short term. Because their ego is not going to allow it. This is the reason why a lot of women will wind up sleeping with an alpha male, but not marrying one. Because they're very short on consistency. Now, another thing we have to look at too, when you're making these compromises, are they something within the realm of something that you can live with and something that will help improve you? Let me give you an example. Take for instance, you're vaping and you get with a woman and she doesn't like smoking, vaping or anything like that. And you already know the health consequences from vaping has been proven to be pretty bad. So what happens? Are you going to sneak and vape? Or would it be something that you would make a conscious decision on to help better your health so you'd be here a little bit longer? 
Now here's the determination for many people. When they're going to make a compromise just for a short-term goal, such as sleeping with you or just being with you, guess what they're going to do? They're going to lie and comply. They're going to do just enough that's adequate for a short period of time to accommodate you until they get what they want. And then after that, they're done. There was a guy that used to hang out with us, at least when we first started hanging out at the clubs and the restaurants and nightclubs and bars. And what he would do, his goal was to eventually sleep with a woman raw. And he would start out with condoms. And then he'd get to a point where the relationship would start to develop. And then he'd go raw. But after he went raw with her, he was done with her. Now, a lot of the women didn't understand that. And he used to get a lot of flack for it. But that was his jumping off point. Now, sadly for him, he wound up being a father of five before it was over with by different women. And he didn't have the resources in order to take care of those children. And eventually he wound up getting locked up. But see, the problem was, he never thought beyond that point. Because the way he would think is that that's her problem. He was short term. And whatever it took for these women to feel comfortable with him, he was willing to do it just like a chameleon until he got what he wanted. And after that, he can care less. By the way, fellows, women do this too. So you'll find that a lot of women that are very patronizing, giving you undeserved praise, those are the women you have to watch out for. That praise is only temporary. They have an agenda behind that praise. And believe you me, more than likely, it's going to be a short-term situation with her. You see, a woman that's confident and that's really serious about looking for a man, let me tell you what she's going to do. She's going to hold off on your praise. She's going to make you work for it. She's going to make you earn it. She's not just going to give it to you. Because when she starts doing that, she's just like a pick-me girl. Pick me, pick me, pick me. So you want to avoid that. Because it's just like, how can you win a trophy and you never played the game? So watch out for that. Because that's patronizing. Because men do it to women. Ladies, you get undeserved compliments undeserved attention at times and it's because the guy has got an agenda now what do I mean by I can't get it out what do I mean by undeserved attention undeserved attention take for instance you're a lady and you dress kind of nicely but nothing provocative or sexy and the guy walks over and says, girl, you sexy as hell. You automatically know, one, he's already overstepped the boundary, right? Starting with sex. The other thing is, he's exaggerating the claim. Because you're dressed rather conservatively. 
but he's going this, that, and the third over and doesn't realize it. So when you turn him down, he probably can't understand it because he gave you a compliment. But the problem is he didn't know how to compliment you properly. This is another way that guys blow it. So make sure the compliment is appropriate and adequate. It will carry you further down the road with her as far as maybe having a relationship with her. We'll talk more in a moment. Now, who will be the most difficult person when it comes down to compromising with? It's going to be the sovereign citizen. Probably never heard of that term, some of you. A sovereign citizen is a person who feels as though they are the government. The rules, the laws, everything else does not apply to them. They're exempt. Now, usually people who feel this way are actually very narcissistic. You'll find some alphas this way. You'll definitely find some gammas that way. And here's the thing. It's a situation where they want to make the rules. They want the rules to apply to them according to the way they wanted to meet it out. This is how a lot of these people are getting content on many of these platforms, especially a lot of these people in the legal profession who, I say, sometimes give some questionable information. Check out the person that you're listening to when it comes down to legal advice, medical advice. Because the reason being, a lot of these folks are paralegals in some cases, some of them are not even PAs. They dropped out of medical school. There was one guy on TikTok. I went and looked him up because he was making all these recommendations and telling people what to do with their health. He never went to medical school. But see, you're dealing with someone's life here. That's the reason why I'm telling you, even with this podcast, I refer you to get professional guidance and help. And the reason for that is because I don't feel qualified in telling you how to run your life. I don't feel qualified to tell you how to go about dealing with problems. I'll just tell you what I would do in my situation if I were you. <clears throat> now, the reason why I do this in particular, you have a lot of people that call themselves coaches and all this other bullshit. They're out just to have content and to have a show. I'm here trying to help you. They're trying to make money off of you. If you saw the receipts from what the revenue generated from this show was, a lot of you would say, why the hell are you doing it? But it's not about the money. See, sometimes when you have a passion for something and you've done it so long, Sometimes you'll do it because it's a part of you. And that's the difference. So I don't have to come up here and give you shock and awe all the time. These people write in their problems, their issues, and we go over it. But I don't exploit these people. <clears throat> and the reason why I don't exploit them is because of the fact that they have lives. They have families. They have a purpose in life. They have to deal with the same problems we all have to deal with every day. 
True enough, their situation may be different from mine, different from yours, but they're dealing with it in their own way. Now, the other thing, too, is this. The sovereign citizen is usually very insensitive to others. And they want to represent themselves in court. They want to be their own doctor. They have an answer for everything. They think that there's no good food out there because it, unless they put their hand in it, it's not good. These people are very centric. Now, the problem with sovereign citizens is that they have their own belief structure, their own value system, their own philosophy. What happens with most people who are not like this, they have a deference to people who know more than they do. They have a deference to people who maybe have a better grip on certain expertise than they do. In other words, they will defer to someone else that knows more. These folks don't. And what they'll do is learn something from someone else and swear they're an expert at it. And this is where you run into content issues, problems. Now, another thing we have to look at as well with this. A lot of this has to do with feelings and ego. And the sad thing about it, these very same people wind up going down the drain fighting in the same way somebody who would have had a better opportunity wouldn't. These are the folks that are saying, oh, no, I'm going to trial when they have evidence piled against you. No, I'm going to trial. And the lawyer, who's no more than they do about the law, saying, hey, you know what? You could go on and take this particular plea bargain and come out ahead. But no, he's stuck with that denial. He's stuck with the fact that even though he did the crime or whatever, he thinks that he's going to find a juror that's going to magically set him free. And he'll feel good because he's won his case. Had a friend of mine that did that years ago. Wound up doing more time than anybody else involved in the crime. And he didn't even have a major role in it. But he was the fool that drank the Kool-Aid. The rest of his buddies took plea bargains, turned state evidence. Oh, they were done within five, six years. Yet longest sentence. And see, this is what you have to look at. And ladies, let me tell you something. That guy masquerading as an alpha male that has this kind of disposition as that sovereign citizen, you with the fool. You're not with the man. Oh, he's going to be impressive because he's going to be charismatic. And oh, you're going to like all the circus and bread that he's going to give you. But let me tell you what's going to happen with this. When he goes down, you're going to think he's a man because he's going down fighting. But you know what? You're in that relationship in a vacuum with the fool. And he's going to cost you. His decisions are going to cost you because he's not going to make wise decisions. He's going to make feel, make decisions based on his feelings and his emotions. On what he thinks the world should do. Not dealing with the world as it is. 
And a lot of you women who get with these guys get drug into situations where you're in a cult, where you're in situations where you're wondering, how the hell did I get here? You're going to wind up doing dumb shit for him that makes no sense because it's based on his rules and values only, which means that guess what you do with yourself? Your standards, boundaries, and values are warped because you allow it to happen. So you need to think real, real carefully when you deal with a sovereign citizen. They will have some characteristics of an alpha and some characteristics of a gamma male. Charismatic? Oh, yeah. But see, the people that figured them out have already left them. You would be the person that they would want next. Oh, come on and figure me out and get caught up in this web that I can expose you to. Now, here's another thing that you have to realize as well. When you're dealing with this situation, one thing I want you to understand, they will turn against you if they have to. You could be on their side in that relationship with them. Because, see, with them, it's you're with me or you don't need to be here at all. That's the way that works. Your former president, Trump, he's a prime example of a sovereign citizen. A sovereign citizen who had power. When he got in office, he thought that he was king. He thought as the president of the United States, he could do any damn thing he pleased. And there were no laws or rules to govern him or protocols. And this is the problem with people who have this mindset. They're the people that drive without any driver's license and then get pulled over by the cop and then try to argue with the cop about, well, you know, I don't have to have driver's license to operate a vehicle. They can make that argument all day long and their car is getting towed away and their asses are getting put in the backseat of a police car. So they made a symbolic statement for what has happened. They've now ruined their lives because what they've done, they've changed the narrative of their lives. Now they're going to jail over some pride bullshit when they could be free and out there making legitimate money for themselves. And where is this going to catch up with them? Later on in life when they're in their 40s and 50s. And ladies, that guy that's trying to entertain you now with that kind of bullshit, he's going to be the very guy you're going to be taking care of. If you're in your 20s now as a female or your teens, that guy that's trying to act like a badass, who wants to be that sovereign citizen, I guarantee you, more than likely, you're going to be taking care of that man when he's in his 40s and 50s after he's gone through the penal system. Because he's not going to learn his lesson. And what happens, and there are many women that I have seen this happen with, Back in the day in the 80s, a lot of guys would do that in order to try to impress the women. They wanted to be that sovereign citizen, the gangster. They wanted to be that dude that was out there talking shit all the time. Trying to live that life. And then they get put away for 10, 15, 20 years. And when they get out, 
They find some woman that already has children that's had her heart broken by a dude who's locked up more than likely. And she takes him in. And then she realizes she has to take care of his ass. As some of these women in their 40s and 50s, they're tired of that shit. They've been through it. So don't be entertained by the bullshit and the pumps and circumstances of what they try to do in order to impress you. You got to look far deeper than that. You got to remember one thing. A man is going to go to jail. He doesn't give a damn about himself in the first place. I'm talking about voluntarily. Where he does something really stupid. So if he doesn't give a damn about himself, what do you think he gives about you? Because if he gets locked up, he's leaving you vulnerable for some other man to come into your life and be with you. You know, like that woman that's pushing a guy to go and get into a fight? Well, that dude that's volunteering to get into that fight without any resistance from the woman to try to stop him, he's just as foolish because he gets locked up. He's with a whole bunch of men that are trying to fuck him while she is still on the outside fucking other men. Just got to put in that plain context. Be a fool if you want to. Love has its limitations and you need to use those limitations. Just because you're in love don't mean you have to be a fool. And some of you want something so badly from these other people, whether it's affirmation, whether it's attention, whether it's love as you perceive it, notoriety, status, or whatever, that you're willing to sacrifice your own dignity, life standards, values, and lower your boundaries for this person. We all flex our boundaries when it comes down to meeting someone new. That's where compromise comes in. But you don't want to Take those boundaries and break them. Bend them, maybe. Break them, hell no. Here's the thing. You want to make compromises to a point where you still respect yourself after that relationship has ended. Where you haven't gone so far that you've lost your identity, you've lost your standards, your values, and your boundaries. That's what you have to remember. Because I'm going to tell you, the hardest thing to do after you've gotten out of a bad relationship, for many of you, getting your own self-respect back. Damn, how could I have been so stupid? I was an idiot. I should have known, but I should have seen the red flags, etc., etc. You beat yourself up about that. But here's the thing. When you really look at the compromises you're making and you realize when you're making a compromise that may be outside of your standards, values, and boundaries, where like, for instance, you have a zero tolerance for drugs and then this person talks you into, well, you know, I just smoke a little weed around your house, et cetera, et cetera. And you don't even like to smell. You don't even want that in your house. And you agree. 
What you got to remember is whatever you tolerate, they accept. That's the way they look at it. You're accepting it if you're tolerating. So you have to be the one to make the decision whether or not it's a yay or nay. And sometimes we don't like that. Because we like the person more than we like ourselves. Which means that our values, standards, and boundaries, that's a representation of our core as to who we are. You need to really think about it. More in a moment. There are three main fundamental compromises that you may have to make in a relationship. Really, there are four. The first one is time. How time is allocated. The next compromise you're going to have to make is your attention. The next one, of course, things based on finance. The third compromise you will have to make has to do with things that will actually benefit the two of you, such as health, appearance, these kind of things that have to do with your physical presence. Now, this can also include some characterial issues and behavior. First, let's go with time. We are always looking at our watches, always talking about how much time we have and how much time we don't have and how much we wish there was a 48-hour day instead of a 24 in some cases. Now, if you're consumed with something such as launching a business, working, preoccupied with activities that you usually would be involved with while you're single or while you're not in a relationship, you're going to have to have the personal discipline in order to make time for a relationship. And see, here's the problem for most people. They consolidate time for a relationship as time for themselves. And a lot of these folks don't allocate time for themselves. So therefore, they don't have time for a relationship. And they cannot make an equation between the two. So this is important. Now, the next thing, when it comes down to emotions and affection, this is more of a behavioral thing. However, this person wants to have reciprocation. So you have to be considerate of their affection and their feelings, their emotions. They need the affirmation that they made the right choice with the person they're with. We don't think about these things, but we should. Because again, these will be compromises you'll have to make. You may be the kind of person that was 
comfortable with not holding hands, not hugging, not being with your partner. Because you grew up that way, for instance, or you've been in past relationships like that. Well, you're gonna have to adjust the way you approach your relationship. So you may have to make a compromise on this. And usually most compromises are reciprocal. In other words, I'll give up something, that person will give up something. Now, when it comes to finance, this is where a lot of people really get it messed up. What is this compromise? This compromise has to do with primarily being considerate of each other as far as spending, cost. As I told you, the best way a woman can get to a man, when you're planning that first date, ladies, here's something you could do. Maybe select a restaurant that you really like. And then while you're doing this, see if they have any coupons, see if they have any specials where the prices are pretty reasonable. And then make a suggestion to your date by saying, hey, let's go to this restaurant. It's not as expensive. I know the staff there, et cetera, et cetera. This right here is very impressive because what do most women do? They want him to make all the reservations and everything. And the reason why a lot of ladies don't realize these guys try to push up on them for sex or intimacy afterwards is because of the fact that they don't feel as though they've been acknowledged. The only thing he's done is gone into his wallet. So see, you don't necessarily have to pay through intimacy. You could actually pay through reciprocity. Since he's taking me out to dinner, I'm gonna help him save money. That's his thank you. And if you guys can advance the relationship beyond that point, all well to the good. But what that does, it shows acknowledgement, consideration. Because let me tell you what most men are used to doing. Haven't heard the setup, haven't heard it tell him, well, you know, if we go out, it's up to you to plan the date. And that is a double-edged sword. I have planned dates in the past, and my friends have planned dates before. And the woman didn't like it. She was complaining about it. I asked the one lady, I said, well, where would you like to eat? Oh, let's go to an Indian restaurant. Okay, I'll find one. We'll make reservations. We'll go. I went on and did this. I picked her up for the date. And we got halfway to the restaurant. She said, I don't feel like eating Indian food. Let's go somewhere else. Now, mind you, I listened to everything she said to go to this date on, to this Indian restaurant. And so I took her to an Italian restaurant. First thing out of her mouth after we got in there, oh, it's a nice place, but I don't, I don't like Italian food that much. I'll just get a salad. should have messed around and took her ass to the Olive Garden and called it a night. But here's the thing. This is what you will deal with. So when it comes to financial consideration, this is just a small example of how you can contribute without contributing. 
Some ladies will cover the tip. Others will offer to pay his gas or help him with gas. Those are considerations. Those are not usually requirements. Now, if the guy asks for, like, to be reimbursed for the date, mm -mm. you don't go out with anyone like that. Now, another thing, too. Whoever asks for the date is the one that's assuming to pay for it. But ladies and gentlemen, never go on a date broke. Have some resources, unless the person knows that you're broke and they're going to cover you. But tell them this up front. Broke is temporary, poor is permanent. That's the thing. Let them know up front where you stand financially. So they have an idea, hey, you know what? I didn't get my check this week. I don't get it till next week or whatever. So that they can make a decision. Other compromises. Gifts is a big one. Now with this, I would tell you, be very careful. A lot of women blow it here. You know, by laying out what you want and it's very expensive and you're thinking that you deserve it. If you're going to do this, have some, more, some sort of relief for him. You got to, because if you don't, he's going to feel used. Once a man feels used, believe you me, it's that woman that's more simpler that's going to get him every time. You look at the majority of women that actually wind up with a man in a relationship, they're usually very simple women. I don't mean intellectually. I mean when it comes down to maintenance. They're more practical. You know, with that Rolls Royce, you can only drive around in certain communities and certain places. With the Toyota Camry, you could drive that anywhere. You might want to be a Camry instead of a Rolls Royce sometimes. That will help you as far as marketability. And it also may reflect on how you feel about yourself. And it's not always in a positive way. Now, the other thing, too. When we talk about compromises based on behavior, based on characteristics, based on things that you would normally do, such as you have a smoking habit. And this person can't stand smoke. And you say something to the effect of, okay, I won't smoke around you. So that means, fellas, that if you're on a date with that person, they don't expect to smell any smoke anywhere. So what does this mean? Clean out the ashtrays. Have the car detailed and washed. Have them to put in the fragrance, whatever it is. And then that means for you, you can't smoke for that day in order to be with that person. Now, indirectly, she's probably giving you the incentive to be healthier by not smoking. 
So don't look at it as an affront. Because it could be something that could benefit you. And if you're not ready to make that change, then just accept it and just let her know, hey, maybe we shouldn't date. And again, you have to evaluate what you're going to be able to change permanently through a compromise and what you're going to be able to just change incrementally or temporarily. And there are a lot of things to compromise on, trust me. It could be something as simple as the way you dress. Usually women will criticize a man about the way he dresses before a man will criticize a woman about the way she dresses. Women will criticize a man prior to getting into a relationship about the way he dresses and makes that a condition. A man won't do that until after he started dating her. That's one of the distinctions. Because it would be rude for a man to say, well, I don't want you wearing that kind of dress with me when we go out. Nope. He knows better than to say that. He'll get shot down. He waits until after he's in the relationship and has some equity in it. Then he will file his customer service complaints. Ladies will do it prior to going out with you. You know that suit that I met you in? I'm, please don't wear that suit. We go out on a date. A guy's not going to tell her that. You know that dress I saw you in when we first went out, when, you, when I first met you? Don't wear that dress. He's not going to say that. Because he knows he's blown it. other things to compromise on. And again, one thing to keep in mind, your standards, values, and boundaries should not change upon compromise. They should be flexible, but not something that's rearranged where you don't recognize them. Because see, what happens if you allow that to happen and you get into a relationship with this person, your values, your standards, your morals change along with your boundaries. And guess what happens? After you get out of a relationship, you have a lack of identity because everything that defined you has now been ruined because you've allowed it to happen. But in order to avoid that, you have to hold tight to them and you can be flexible with them, but not too flexible. And this is where a lot of people get in trouble. They become too flexible, too into that person and when they get into a person that they're more into than a person's into them, that's where they go left. That's where things go bad. So you want it reasonable. No more than 25% of yourself should be compromised. That means the things that you do normally before you meet someone, only 25% of those things, those activities, whatever they are, are habits or functions, whatever they may be, should be actually altered for the purpose of that relationship. But the key is whatever compromises you make should be beneficial for the both of you in some sort of way, whether through reciprocity or whether through you making an adjustment or they making an adjustment. So take for instance, if you got with someone in a relationship and this person was an alcoholic 
and they had 10 and 12 DUIs. And you find out about this, but you really like this person. But you find out about it on the first date. Well, if you want to take on that burden, you can say, okay, in order for us to date then, that means that you would have to attend AA meetings and I'd have to go with you to make sure that you stay on your game with that. So if this person decides to make that change and say, okay, I'll go to an AA meeting and your compromise is that you're going to go and attend it with them or you're going to go and support them in some capacity. Not codependent, just supportive. Let the professionals handle his alcoholism. The reason why you're doing it this way, that's if they allow you to AA meetings. Some of them they won't, but God depends. But here's the thing. By doing this, what you've done, you've compromised by the time that you could have spent with yourself and let him work on his problem. You've decided to make the sacrifice of going to be with him if he's going to make the sacrifice of going to attend to get better. That's the way that works. Reciprocity. So he doesn't feel like he's giving up something by going to AA. You don't feel like you're giving up something because what you're doing now is you're investing in him to be better. Which will benefit you later on because that means he probably can keep a job and probably can do things. That's if you want to invest that kind of time and energy. Not made for everybody. Some people will not deal with that compromise. Oh, no, that's too much. And in some cases, yes, it could be more than 25%. Now, here's another thing. A person may not even measure up to your standards, values, or boundaries. So like, for instance, if you don't date an alcoholic or someone who's got a history of alcoholism, they would not be a consideration for you as far as a partner. But if you allow it to happen, guess what you've done? You've already flexed the boundary. You've already lowered the standard. You gotta see now Are you comfortable with what you've done with that lowering of that standard and that boundary? You got to look at it. Is it worth it? So what are some considerations you got to think about? Relapses? Him sneaking around drinking? Him blowing off the AA meetings? All these are risks you have to assess before you go in and make that compromise. Now, some compromises are black and white. Honey, we ought to go to Hawaii this summer. Uh, You know, Hawaii's kind of expensive. But you know what? They have a special going down to Orlando for this summer. We can go down there and have a weekend. Yeah, but I really don't want to go to Florida. Well, let's see together what we can do as far as finding some place to go that would be mutually beneficial, that's warm. And you got to have your criteria out for the both of you to meet. So it's got to be warm, it's got to be reasonable, it's got to be accessible, and it has to be somewhere where you can enjoy yourselves. So you might say, oh, let's go to Cabo St. Lucas. All right, we could do that. 
And with this, you're both benefiting. Now, how are you benefiting from this compromise? You both had great ideas on your trip. But what you decided to do was to compromise both of your views on the trip. And you've taken some of the requirements, prerequisites from that trip that you would like to have in both locations. And what you've decided to do is consolidate them into one effort. That's how those things work. And that's the key to resolving issues when it comes to compromise. Something that's uh, mutually beneficial is something that you both can actually work on together. And you both make a sacrifice. What was the sacrifice that was made? The lady that wanted to go to Hawaii, the guy that wanted to go to Florida, they decided to put those two destinations aside for a mutually more acceptable destination with the criteria they have in order to do it. Something very simple. But as my friends say, you can complexicate the situation. Yes, he made up that word called complexicate. When I heard that, I was like, okay, whatever you say. He was like, yeah, you know, we might need to call an ambulant. I said, an ambulant? And it would crack me up when he would call the paramedics the paralegals. Oh, same thing. I'm like, okay, whatever you say. I wasn't going to argue with him because he was bigger than a dude I knew named Big Stank. That's a long story. But when you got somebody that's walking around with a Subway sandwich in their cargo pocket at any time of the day, that's about 6'8", 285. Yeah, you don't try to correct them. But here's the thing that you got to think about. When you're dealing with compromises, don't think that you're losing something. Don't think that you're losing something. Because see, a lot of people go into compromises thinking that they're going to lose. That's where you take the competition and put it aside and what you're dealing with at that point is what can you guys do together as a team it's not an individual competition anymore it's a team effort more in a moment One of the most frustrating things you will encounter when trying to establish those uh, compromises that you're going to make that may impact the standards and boundaries of the relationship itself as a couple is that you're going to realize that in some cases you're going to find people that may not have a backbone or even speak up. And therefore, that could be problematic too because they may feel as though they don't have a voice. So you want to reassure them that they do have a voice in the relationship. Sadly, when you don't, what will happen, you'll get this person that's passively going along with you, but they may have some reservations and not want to disclose them. And that could really be problematic. Now, the other thing that you have to realize, too, is that There'll be some people that will come in and they want to be the commander in chief. 
you know, um, one thing in particular you'll face is this phenomenon of a person being a sovereign citizen. In other words, they tell you what to do, you just go along with it. A dictatorship, in essence. Where they're laying down what the rules are in the relationship without your input. So there is no compromise there. It's more or less, this is the way it's going to be, take it or leave it. Now, some women may get overconfident with this because of the power that they have when it comes down to a man trying to approach them and trying to establish a relationship. This then means that what will happen is that she may become overconfident and then she may overstep her own boundaries when it comes down to the guy. Meaning that she'll get to a point where she's so pompous and full of herself that she'll forget that she has somebody else in a relationship. Now, the one thing that you have to realize, you're going to be dealing with some damaged people out there, emotionally damaged, and they've self-medicated. So they're not really up to speed when it comes down to being ready for a relationship. Oh, they'll tell you this in confidence, but you will be able to see it in the reality of what you're dealing with in a relationship. Because there will be certain characteristics that you would normally say, why are you really you know, focused on that? That's minor compared to what we have to deal with. Well, it may be an incremental thing for them because they really haven't worked through it or processed their past relationship out of trauma. So therefore, they may be taking baby steps when you are taking full strides. And then your relationship is out of sync. And you guys are not into each other in that sense. I mean, the person will do enough just in order to survive the relationship, but not enough in order to thrive or participate in it. They're just hanging on. And this is problematic. This is one thing I noticed when I was on Bumble a while back. The majority of women that I met were still looking back at past relationships, still trying to fight those battles. They had all of these rules and standards stacked high. But guess what? They had fenced themselves in in such a way behind that fortress that it wasn't even worth trying to go into. And yet they're pridefully saying inside the walls of their castle, huh, no one's going to hurt me again. Of course not. No one wants to. No one wants to even date you, not even the good guys. So you've isolated yourself. And this is what happens. It happens when people have been traumatized. It happens when people think they're too good for everyone else. You wall yourself off. And these are the very people, and some of you ladies can identify with this. Many of you have gotten into relationships and had that one girlfriend that was too picky and that said that there are no good men out there. It's because of the fact that she's walled herself off. And of course, she's wishing bad luck on your relationships by saying something to the effect of, well, you know, men or this is not going to work. Very pessimistic. You need to cut yourself away from those toxic people. Those are the people that like you being single. 
because they have more access to you. You're in their entourage. And when you go out and you start your own queendom or kingdom, what happens then, they get to a point of saying, well, you don't spend enough time with me. You're, you're not my friend. I'm trying to put that guilt, blame, and shame on you. And that's when you need to just totally ignore it. Many of you ladies are very good at that because you don't want to allow that person to ruin your happiness, and they will. You have to be mindful of this. Some of the compromises that you may make in your relationship when you tell your girlfriend, oh, I wouldn't put up with that. Well, of course you wouldn't. She's single, she has no one. So you're dealing with something that she wouldn't be able to comprehend anyway. And even though she's telling you, while she's not in a relationship, that she wouldn't put up with something, guess what? With the right person, she'd put up with more shit than you would ever think of. But see, this is the whole thing. It's about how they project that image. Now, another thing you have to understand too, with men, ladies, if you're hanging around a woman who we see that lacks confidence but is trying to put herself on a pedestal like a gamma female, we also associate you with her. Now, some of us will try to extract you from her to see whether you can stand on your own two feet. Because what we don't want you to do is to wind up as a beta female to that gamma female. Because once that happens, she's going to have more influence over you than we would as far as the relationship. Just like you as his woman should have some influence over him. So if it gets to a point where he says, you know, honey, let's go out. Tonight. You know, I can't go out because my girl so-and-so wants to go and do this. In other words, she has more power than your own woman does, fellas, in making a decision to be with you. Don't waste your time with this kind of woman. She's an appeaser. The only thing she's doing is trying to fit in. She's going with whatever is popular, whatever she thinks will benefit her only. She's not thinking about you. This is just to help you. Because the one thing that we as men do not like are indecisive women. That woman that's changing her mind just like she's on a turnstile, we don't take her seriously anymore. I've seen people in marriages where they have the wife going back and forth on things and the husband says, uh, I don't care. And he goes and he does what he thinks is best. And then she complains about what he does because he thinks it's best because of the fact that she can't make up her mind. So he makes a decision. And she, of course, gets upset with him for making the decision. She wanted him in that throw of indecisiveness with her. Ladies, you've seen this with men where you have made some decisions in your life and he's still trying to decide whether he wants a rap career or whether he wants to take a job. And you're telling him, hey, you need to do something. You're 40 years old or you're 35. You're going to have to get it together. Now, a lot of you ladies wouldn't even hang around that long because you're like, oh, no. Mm -mm. As men... 
we tolerate that more than you do. And the reason why we do that is because we don't expect a woman to be fully equipped. I'm talking about financially, emotionally, when we meet her. We have that give. And the reason why we have that give is because you guys have been through more relationships than probably we have. This is the reason why a lot of you don't like talking about past relationships. You take that off the table along with sex because it brings back some bad memories sometimes. Some of you ladies have gone through more men than we have women. So naturally, it's something that's embarrassing and people don't like revealing that. Understandable, nothing's wrong with that. But we already understand that part of it because see, the reason being, you're inundated with a lot of choices when it comes to men, in general. And I know individually some of you are saying, oh, well, I only met two or three guys or five or six. Trust me, if you're in the right places, you'll meet more men by far than men will meet women. That's the way it goes. So with that dynamic, you have that at your advantage. But a lot of women don't know how to use that leverage, that social power that they have, to their advantage. And what you have to do sometimes is just sit down and say, okay, well, let me see now. I dictate if I go out with a guy. I could dictate whether or not I like a guy. I could dictate whether or not what's going to happen on the date when I'm ready emotionally for him. You have all these things at your disposal, all these tools. We have to abide by those decisions as men. Because we know if we step the wrong way with you guys, we'll blow it. And it doesn't take much for us to blow something with a woman. A guy says the wrong thing. A guy is still soaking over a, a past relationship. You're sitting there rolling your eyes, you don't want to hear that. A guy makes a comment about your physical appearance in a derogatory way. You don't want to hear that. But by the same token, you could tear him down about his hairline, about the way his shoes are overrun, about his teeth, about everything else. And it's acceptable because of the fact that society is going to side with you before him. You have, a women, you have women that will agree with you. Oh, yeah, his hairline is receding and he's got gray hair and he's too short. What will the other men do? They're going to laugh at him. They're not going to stand up for him. But if a man would say something like that to a woman, oh, the women will stand up for her and the men will as well. Man, don't you talk about her like that. That's the way the dynamic flows. Now, the other thing, too, when it comes down to compromises. You want to keep those confidential in your relationship. When you start telling other people about the compromises you've made, you're going to have critics that are going to go in and put in their two cents about you've given up too much or whatever. You know best what to measure in your relationship. You're in it, they're not. 
You know, it's funny. You see these critics. I watch uh, football a lot. And they tell you all these statistics and analytics about what would have happened if they would have gone and did this play or did that play. Well, the players are on the field. They may see something totally different than what's on the on that uh, chart. That's one of the reasons why I'm having a problem with football these days, because it's now become too cerebral. Yes, you're supposed to be able to think out there on the field, but guess what? You're supposed to also be able to be intelligent, meaning that you adapt to changes quickly based on the information you have in front of you. They're making comparisons to historical data when it comes to analytics, and that's the problem. If you put that pressure on, on a player, they're thinking in the past, not what's going on now. Well, statistically, this has worked throughout the last 30 years. Go for a two-point conversion. Well, you know what? If they have good defense and you're trying to pass the ball, it may be a good idea that instead of going for that two-point conversion, to go for a field goal. It may be much easier. It may save you from an interception. May save you from a sack. And at least you can score in that situation. One thing to keep in mind when the Romans went into what is southern Gaul and Bavaria, southern Germany, they got their asses kicked several times over, according to the writer Tacitus, the Greek writer. Because even though the Romans had all the latest equipment and technology, they were faced with a horde of barbarians. But there's one thing about those people. They knew how to use the terrain. They knew how to use their weaponry in that terrain in order to give them the advantage. One of the reasons why Germany never took on Latin or one of the Romantic languages. They weren't able to defeat them. And the Romans also realized when they went into England and the United Kingdom, they didn't come in using brute force. They used persuasion. Oh yeah, there were battles here and there. But they also brought in things such as bath, bathing. You know, like Bath, the city in, over there in London, over there in Europe, in England. They introduced them to a more sophisticated way of living. They did the same thing in France. Later on in Spain, Portugal. So what we have to understand too is this. You can use hard power which is that authoritarian command type power, or soft, also known as cesarean power. The cesarean power is the power that we use in regards to manipulation. Caesar sits there, 
And of course they expect him to give the thumbs down for the gladiator to go on and slay the other gladiator. But instead, he turns his thumb up and he's empowered again for being merciful. When he turns his thumb down, he's credited for being masterful. Feared. But when he turns his thumb up, He's benevolent, he's loving, he's caring. He's merciful. And what does this mean? This means that Caesar, in essence, or a person who does this, is respected on both sides of the equation. If you look at places like Albania, they have the double-headed eagle on their flag. One is to acknowledge good and the other is to acknowledge bad. When it comes down to us as human beings, we have that same power. And you notice people will say they're firm but fair. Firm, thumbs down. Fair, thumbs up. And that's the way we utilize that in life. But we don't think about it that way. More in a moment. There's some other things that we need to look at when it comes to compromise. Let me give you one of the most fundamental things you may have to compromise on. And a lot of you ladies who are 40 plus really need to listen to this. Some of you think that it's okay to just text a guy on dating apps and you're not wanting to talk to him. You're not wanting to video chat with him because whatever reason you have an excuse. Here is the problem. After a while that gets old. The next thing to keep in mind is this. You are actually in the same orbit as a scammer as guys see it. Because they do the same thing that you're doing. They avoid contact. And here is the thing that you have to realize. Once that person has you in that particular frame of mind, they start to deprioritize you as a person. You're no longer important. You're no no longer relevant. And some of you, it may be that you're bashful. It may be that you're shy. But I can tell you what complicates matters for you is that you get to this point of dragging your feet. Because the thing is, these guys are not going to wait and try to coax you out of your shyness in order to get you where you have enough confidence in order to talk to them. They're not going to do it. So I know texting may work with you and your teenage kids or with your girlfriends. But here's the thing you have to realize. 
while you're wasting time texting that guy, he's going out on dates, real dates, not virtual ones, with women. And so, of course, this adds to the skepticism that you may have about online dating, and you wonder why you're failing. Well, many of you are failing because of the fact that you're giving away everything by just keeping it in that texting and virtual world. Again, texting is a brief form of communication. It's not made to sustain a relationship. Now, the sad truth is, when it comes down to this, when you tell someone like this one lady, I'm going to read her prompt on Hinge. I text more than I talk. So if you have a problem with that, maybe you need to move on. It's a 47-year-old woman that wrote this. Guess what? She's been on here for a very long time. I've had this Hinge account for about the last three years. She's been on here looking for a guy for three years. She's even tried to hit me up I wasn't interested. Now, I could very easily tell her what her problem is, but I'm not. Because the only thing she's done has changed everything else on her profile except that one prompt. And the reason why she's not getting the responses is because guys perceive her as a scammer. Let me tell you the most effective way for you to break that. You know that app where you can call and talk on the phone? Or do the video chat? The quicker you use that in the particular dating app you're using, the better off you will be. You will realize that those things will work. Because let me tell you, there are two types of people that are out there trying to scam right now. You have the guys that are out there cafe boys trying to scam me out of money, the romance scams. And you have these women who are looking for a man and they feel as though the only way they can get one is to masquerade like they're someone else. But yet they're in countries throughout the world, Uganda, Nigeria. They're in Ghana, different places trying to find a man. Well, they don't really understand that nobody's going to go over there for the most part and marry them. And they're not being brought here to the States. There's an abundance of women here in the States. The only problem is, is that a lot of them are not emotionally available. They are stuck on the essence of dating. The attention. The notoriety. Those kind of things. Because if you look at it, the majority of people who are actually dating are not looking for relationships. They're looking for other issues that are associated with some of the flaws that they have. Someone to make them feel better. Someone to make them feel good sexually. Someone that they can kind of tear down and feel better than. There's a small percentage of people that are genuinely out there looking for relationships. And that's the difficulty in dating. 
Now, there are a lot of people out there who start out with good intentions. But unfortunately, it reverses into something where people wind up where they're dealing with the reality. Now, another thing too that we have to look at when it comes down to you dealing with compromise. And we could still talk about that individual, the sovereign citizen. They have very few compromises that they will make. See, they look at a compromise as a sacrifice. So their perspective on that compromise is different. You look at it as just an inconvenient compromise that you can make where you have to go and maybe alter some things that you normally would do if you're by yourself. They don't look at it that way. They look at it as a sacrifice they have to make in order to accommodate you. So therefore, they make that one sacrifice for you. They feel as though you should thank them and owe them for that sacrifice they made for the duration of the relationship. Again, that's the way they think, believe, and live. So whatever you've done that it may just been an inconvenience for you to make a compromise, they may look at that same inconvenience on their end as a sacrifice. So the value is different of your effort. Their efforts are more valuable than yours. And these are the same kind of people that may even look at their money being worth more than yours. They can make less than you do. But put the burden of you paying for everything more so than them. If they have to go into their wallets, they're complaining, they're upset, even though you're covering the full cost of the full ride for them. Some of you guys run into this situation with women where she expects you to pay her hair, nails, and everything else. And when she has to pay for something herself, oh, that's a little bit too much. And she'll come with, well, you're the man. If you want me to represent you and look good, you got to invest in me. Fellas, if you ever get to that point with that kind of woman, you fucked up. She's supposed to already meet that standard for herself before you've met her and maintain it after you've met. Now, if you choose to do that and volunteer, that's different. But you should not go in with her having the expectation that you're going to maintain her. This is the reason why I tell you You want to be with someone who could pay their own bills at least. It's not about what they have, it's how they use it. That's key. That's what's important. Now, I want to read an email from Joey. And Joey writes this from Pismo Beach, California. I've been chatting with this lady for a while and I thought at some point we'll probably meet, maybe have coffee and get along. She's supposed to live here in Pismo Beach accordingly to what she said. 
Well, after doing a little bit more due diligence, I realized that those photos that she had on her profile were from someone else's profile on Facebook. I contacted the person on Facebook, and yes, this person did live in Pismo Beach, except for one thing. This is where they used to have a residence. They still rent the house out, but now they're in another state. As I got to talking to this lady, I realized that she was married. And she had been married for several years. And she had no idea that her pictures were being used on a profile on a dating site. I then turned around and put dealing with this woman online that I've been dealing with. I just wonder, why do people do this? Joey, Pismo Beach, California. Joey, simple. They're looking for something they can't have. These people are reaching. Look, people are desperate for love and desperate for money. They want one of the two for the most part. That's the main two attractions for people to come to dating apps. They're lonely and they're broke. That's what it's about. We don't like to look at it that way, but for the most part, that's the motivation for most people to come on dating apps. They want to expand their social network. They want to meet that group of people or that person that's really got it going on and that can change their lives. But they have to realize they are the change. And if they don't change it, nobody else can change it for them. But they care not to look in that direction because it's about being lazy there. Why should I have to do it when somebody else can do it for me? Why should I have to put myself out so that someone else can do it for me? Someone else can do it for me instead. But we don't think on that level a lot of times where we can do it ourselves. Too much work. Now, another thing too that you'll face, you folks are going to deal with other complicated situations that will bring you to a point where, yes, you won't be able to compromise. So take, for instance, you've been dating now for a year. And after that year of dating, your partner is saying, well, why don't we move in together? And you're not ready to do that because this person's still stuck in their ways of being sloppy, junky, or whatever or they have a lot of people over and it's a party house. You name the condition. And you're not ready for that. And you say no. Well, that person may take that no as to being something terminal. Well, this can end the relationship then and we're not going to live together. And they try to give you an ultimatum. Ultimatums don't work. Unless the person has a sense of guilt, sadness, blame, and shame. Ultimatums work on people who have an emotional 
obligation to the other person in the sense that they feel guilty about something that they have done and the fear of losing someone else in the process. But if you don't have that fear, you don't have any problem with saying, go on and keep your damn ultimatum. And some people will use that as a tool in order to get what they want in relationships. So everything becomes an ultimatum for them. It's just like the guy that's representing himself up there in the courtroom right now in uh, Wisconsin. Yelling out grounds every five seconds. Grounds, grounds, grounds for what? Judge and attorneys are looking at him like he's crazy. So, let's be a bit more realistic here about when we set these boundaries and standards and values. How flexible will you be with them? Is there something that this person can bring into your life that will be totally unacceptable and you're considering it? That's where you run into problems. You got to have those must-haves and must-dos or must-nots. Those have to be firm. The flexibility comes with the things that you could probably tolerate and deal with. And understand that tolerance on your side is acceptance on the other person's side. But you don't have to take everything that comes your way just because you're lonely and you haven't had a date in six months and you can't find anybody. No, just change your environment. Go on a dating app, change the zip code. Maybe somebody in your zip code on that app may not be the right person for you. Try another zip code. Try another city, county, state. Don't limit yourself is what I'm saying. People give you choices. You can choose from those choices or you can also make decisions. The decisions are the choices they didn't consider offering you. The perspective of decisions are the decisions you can make. Either within those choices or around them. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. I was offered a position with the company one time. And they told me, the uh, manager told me, he says, um, well, you could work first shift, third shift, second shift, but you'll have to choose one of the shifts. I said, so those are the choices you give me? He said, yeah. I said, well, let me talk about something that will save the company money. How about if I am a 1099 employee and I work remotely? Well, let me get back to you on that. Because the job that was required really didn't require me to be there. And he came back and he said, you know, that could possibly work. And he said, well, how would we structure it? And I 
went and talked to him about how we could structure it. And it worked. And I worked for them for about a year and a half in that capacity. But see, he gave me the choices, which I appreciated, but they were considering me for the job. But what I also gave him was my decision based on the choices he gave me that would benefit him in a compromise, his company, and benefit me as well, as far as my convenience and schedule. So sometimes you got to really think about things before you just go for the choices that are given you. Because when in relationships, people will most and more often than not give you choices only. Women do it all the time with men. Men are less, how could I best say, enthusiastic doing it with women. Because after all, women usually control the exchange between men and women. Guy has no relationship if the woman's not participating, and he's trying to curry favor with her. But these are just some things I want you to think about when it comes down to compromising. Now, true enough, you may have different opinions, you may not agree. Oh well, you have your right too. But one thing I want to convey throughout this particular episode is that. When it comes down to compromises, think carefully. Look at the impact that it will have on you in the future. And also understand that as you go through and make these compromises, that person's perspective will change on you. Maybe good, maybe bad, maybe indifferent. Take care. I would like to personally thank you for listening to Romantic Truth. You may follow us on Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth. You may ask your friends to subscribe to Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth. Or you can leave us a message at Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth backslash message. You may contact us through email at RomanticTruthPodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services.
For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.